0: Welcome back to Spellstorm Miniatures. This is episode 10, and my name is Jeremiah. And I'm Dan. And we have an exciting show for you folks today. Uh, Dan, what's our topic?
1: We are going to be learning from losing. Kind of a near-dear topic right now.
0: Yeah, that's right. Both of us are doing a lot of uh learning lately (laughs) (laughs) very good well hey uh this episode of spell store miniatures is brought to you by hidden forest gaming they provide game mats and terrain sets for all your gaming needs and so listen to the end of our episode for a special discount code to receive 10 percent on your next purchase hey dan have you played any games lately
1: yes i have i actually played against uh andrew in our pod for the masters league um and those don't and jeremiah are actually in the same pod which is kind of neat you know
0: yeah that means we get to play each other which we already do yeah. a um, lot no i mean i guess we have an extra <laughs> purpose to
1: it i don't know um and then hopefully like I said working on a recording that our we'll get our next one recorded and uh, have a little bit more commentary to it and such but I got to face off against Crucible Guard for the first time. Oh, your uh, first
0: game ever? Yes. Okay. So now, was, what are you running?
1: So, I was playing Calandra. Okay, uh, so Bloods. Bloods. Yep. Nice. And uh, first time putting her on the on the table. And that makes it more interesting trying to remember all your uh, all your own rules. Um, so, you haven't looked at the list in a little bit. But that's all right. So, we've, we rolled off and I ended up choosing the sides. And then... Kinda of didn't realize how fast his Vulcan and Raelis really are. Like and those rocket men with snipe are are really really threatening. Yeah, they are. So it's some good lessons there. But still worked out fairly decently. When I uh, I moved my guys up and pretty much knew if I I had to push up a little bit. We we're playing on standoff. And there was the moment of I can either get in and then I'm going to be within his threat range or I'm pretty much going to be giving up like a lot of scenario distance, right? So I figured I'd push
0: forward a little bit, put a mauler up. Standoff is the one with two rectangular zones. And two circles. And two circles and two objectives. Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yep, no flags, unfortunately. A lot of scoring
1: elements still. Yeah, it it can be a pretty good one. And so I put my mauler up a bit. There's a forest in the center uh, and... I kind of put him within a little bit of a range, uh, trying to keep some of the line of sight blocked, but his Vulcan was able to come up close enough and, and rain down onto my mauler and gave the uh, no healing circle on him, which was a little bit of a bummer, but I survived the initial barrage with some good health, and then his rocket men and all of his slug guns came into play, and they were flying into the forest and, and shooting at him, and they ended up leaving him down onto seven boxes. So, wow. yeah, I mean kind of expected, I almost expected to maybe lose him, but I didn't. I mean, he was trying hard, too. He just ran out of attacks to really get in there. So I was like, all right. And when he came back around to me, top of two, I kind of sat to myself and was thinking, okay, what what do I do? And I wasted, honestly, a lot of time trying to free up my mauler so I wouldn't get a bunch of free strikes, even though I should have just probably taken, like, two free strikes and probably survived. I mean, just activate the stone first so I get the plus two armor and then, then move out of there. But I didn't end up doing that. I ended up trying to take shots at his rocket men, which like maybe half of them were hitting. I was missing a lot. He was dodging, actually dodged a lot more into the mauler, which then the mauler would take even more free strikes from if he moved. It was just kind of, it was getting a little bad there. And what I feel a little bit bad about is I remember him, I was a little bit rushed that day. I was running a little bit late and, and me met up with them and, like I said I hadn't really put it on the field. And he asked, like, okay, does Calandra have any threat extenders? I was like, oh, pulled up her spell card, double checked it. Nope, you know, she's got nothing. He asked for the speed of my Earthborn and Mulg, which is kind of on the right side opposite his Vulcan. And then he kind of did some math and he, he measured it out. I wasn't watching while he was doing it. He just made sure he was like outside of nine. Well, great. Came back around to my turn. I'm looking again when I was looking at what to do. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay. The Axer has a two-inch reach. He has Thresher. Oh, yeah. He has Rush. Maybe that's one of the reasons I kind of had put him in there Oh yeah, a while ago. I mean, I built right. this list probably, I don't know, a good month and a half, two months ago. And so then I measured it out, and he's, like, ten inches and three-quarters away from, like, Molg and the Earthborn, right? So with Rush, they're, like, just, they're just in. And, you know, it's, like, that moment of, like, you kind of feel a little bit bad about that but then i guess i didn't say you know phrasing of questions right this is one thing we've learned i've heard a lot of podcasts say is make sure you phrase your questions right wherever you said what's the total distance and i gave that answer of like oh nine inches then i probably wouldn't do it because that's on me sorry (laughs) you know but it was there all right so i went for it um again i've burnt so much time trying to free the mauler to do the mauler to rage up mulg and stuff which again if i would have just taken five minutes to do the math i would have realized i could do with outrage anyway earthborn mulg go in mulg knocks the vulcan down to like seven right and then the earthborn just obviously goes in finishes off the vulcan done which is okay except for i didn't have anything else to threaten his zone or contest um, I had my uh, Grimlin Swarm about a half inch too far away to contest his back zone. Hmm. And he had like six Rocket Men in my zone that I couldn't clear out. So he ends up going 1-0 on bottom of two, which is my turn. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> gnarly. <laughs> so he's up on a scenario, and I'm just like, oh, man. Um, he retaliates pretty good, takes out Molg, um, does some other damage on the other flank, so he, you know, he's clearing out his his right circle my left and again with mulg down earthborn's getting a little bit beat up by some of his units he forgot the railis um shoots weapons with uh that the earthborn's immune to you know it's like oh that's a fire nope i'm immune to it you know oh that one's acid oh nope i'm immune to it <laughs> it's right like, you know so that was giving him a little bit of problems over there but either way we, we kind of do a little bit of back and forth i end up running down pretty low on clock i'm about three minutes i'm behind scenario three to oh um i think we're on turn five at this point and like i look at the clock and go oh man i just i gotta go it's like almost three um and so i had to get running so i feel a little bit bad that i couldn't fully play out the game pretty much just like okay let my clock go you know and and he wins you know i pack up and leave so i feel a little bit bad about that too about that social contract of trying to provide that good game and then right. like maybe i couldn't you know quite do it maybe i could have pulled out something but i think he would have he was going to win um i don't think within the time i had i could clear anything to win on cp and he'd just go to turn seven and yeah. over so that was a uh, a loss like I said learning from losing right now is is a lot of a lot of that so um, all in all, it was a good game and Andrew's a great guy.
0: Um, I believe you played him later that evening I played him that same day. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think he ran a different list against okay. me.
1: Oh, yeah, he played Baldwin with me. Yeah,
0: yeah, he, I think he played Gearheart with me okay. and I'm I'm iron manning, you know, it's a car because I'm on a mission to Master Zakhar a car before I learn the next warlock and scorn, right and and I think we played spread the net, I think, or something. Uh, what was interesting about our game is that I had better scenario presence. Like I don't think he scored any CP, and I think I scored two CP in the game. But I learned a very valuable lesson, and that is uh, don't forget to feet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, um, what was curious about my turn, um, the turn that the turn immediately following my. Um, I was assassinated and the turn right before that I had, I was mapping out my turn and I was saying verbally out loud kind of what my plan was and, and so he was hearing me kind of talk to myself and, and I was double checking distances and things like this and, and, and I can't tell you how many times I said with Zakar that okay, I'm gonna defeat this turn, this will be the turn that I feed. I fully intended to defeat but then when it came down to when I activated Zakar and finished his activation I never actually feed it and so uh, that means that when he was able to on his next turn he was able to come at me and shoot me and everything and um, and then I missed um, I misjudged one of the shots and that like I shield guarded the wrong shot like I should have shield guarded a different shot kind of thing because I had a sentry that was nearby um, but uh, but anyway I um, if feet was up there's a good chance that he would have missed some of those shots because Zakhar's feet is minus three, you know, Matt, Rat, strength, and threshold. And uh, and so it would have been a little more challenging for him to actually get the assassination on. Who knows if I would have, who knows how the outcome of the game would have been. Yeah. But, um, but the thing that I realized at the end of the game is I don't actually have a feet token for my scorn army. And so I didn't have that visual reminder that when I when I activated Zakar, even though I said it multiple times and even though I yep. fully intended to and even though he knew that I was going to feet and not actually having done so. So yeah, so I, I lost to Andrew the same day that you lost <laughs> to Andrew. <laughs> um, one thing that's for sure is that uh, Crucible Guard is a solid army, but he's also a good pilot yes. and so, uh, so that's good. And then um, I had a second Masters game yesterday against Jesse and Jesse ran Grimkin and so it was uh, beast brick against beast brick. Like I have, I have nine war beasts in my, in my battle group, and um, and I once again was doing well on scenario. At the end of the game, I had three CP to his one, uh, but but I just moved very slowly in the game, and I was sort of second guessing some of my decisions, and so I ended up clocking, and which was. The first time that I've lost was a car, not by assassination, and so I don't know if that means that I'm getting better or worse, <laughs> but because um, I still lost. But but the, the 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 reason I lost was different, and uh, and so we had time, um, and so we decided to play out the game, and so uh, we did that, and and then I lost by assassination. Then Jesse got me, and so. Uh, Of course, we report the official to the you know for the Masters League, but um, but it was really good to play it, determine game state, and then just play on, and then to see how it would have evolved. Because sometimes, and this is my issue, is and maybe we're transitioning to the main topic now, if that's okay. Yeah, Yeah. Um, sometimes having the vision to see what a game looks like from start to finish um, you you know you don't really have like for example I have never gone to turn seven in any of my games ever oh. and so I have no idea what that looks like and what that feels like you know when you're when you're playing a good opponent and both of you are being very strategic in your in your in your gaming you're being you know you're managing your clock well and and you're getting to turn seven and so in this situation with jesse you know um, i know what an assassination looks like (laughs) i know it all too well um but then but then to see how the board evolved and actually kind of where maybe if i had placed a car over here or you know you know one inch this direction on turn two could have meant this option later on turn four for example. Gotcha. And those are things that you don't know until you sort of you know, kind of play through. Yeah.
1: And that's what's great about looking back and like so the battle parts. And Jesse even has a blog spot actually that he already posted your game, so I kinda of know how your game ended. Skid Ooh. and Moans gotcha. Right. So I
0: would love to read yeah, yeah. his perspective. I think I'll read it. Right. Nice. Um, yeah. So you and I, we've been playing we've been playing pretty hardcore for about a year. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I mean hardcore Core might not be the word I use for because I think I counted up and I have like 17 like tournament games, <laughs> you know.
0: Okay, that's true. <laughs> okay, so hardcore for us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, enough. okay, we've been, okay, you've been playing for, you know, about a year, I guess. Yeah, a little over a year. Yeah. And then, um, and I know the first part of 2018, I didn't play a lot of games. I didn't really start playing a lot more until summertime, I think. And so I guess I've been playing quote unquote hardcore for Seven, eight months, I guess. There you go. Okay. Uh, but we've been playing, um, you know, we've, we definitely elevated our game and a little bit, I guess. And and we're starting to branch out. We're playing more opponents. We're seeing more things on the table against us. Um, since we're talking about le- learning from losing, and we're, we're doing our fair share of losing right now, um, one of the expectations of War Machine is you know, is that you sort of put in the time in the beginning because it is a difficult game. There are a lot of layers to it. You know, the rules are super clean and if you read them carefully, the, the interactions are there and you can see them and find them. But sometimes you don't really like, really know about them until you've experienced them on the table or maybe you've watched a, you know, a battle report online or, or something like that, right? So we're kind of gonna enter in that space today and we're gonna talk about that a little bit. And to help us get started, um, I want to ask you, uh, what is maybe one? I have two questions. One is, what is your most embarrassing loss? And then, what is uh, your favorite loss? So you can answer either either one of those first.
1: All right. I mean, yeah, the embarrassing one's kind of a hard point because I don't know if I necessarily have an embarrassing one per se. Is you know, again, since you're still learning, it's not like you know, oh yeah, I just I just totally, you know, put my warlock or war, you know, caster out here, and was like, oh, whoops, or you know, something along those lines. Um, I think the closest thing to that one would be uh, uh, putting my Barnabas too, just a little bit, a little bit bad positioning of shield guards and so forth, and and kind of relying on on averages, dice averages, to protect me a little bit, mm-hmm. which of course totally failed on that one. Um, and I remember that one clearly. But <laughs> who who is that? Who are you playing? So, um, like, wh- Who
0: was the person? Was uh,
1: so it was against the Lilith Lilith Three List. Oh, okay. It was a Legion List, um, and it just yeah, he just rolled so many tens or uh, ten pluses, like thirteen in a row, pretty much. I mean, so I mean they're boosted, right? Um, but still, right. At some point, the dice got to give a little. exactly. That would have been nice. Um, And I remember he puppet mastered, like, he rolled a 10, then he puppet mastered it and got, like, a 13 or something. It's just like, (laughs) (laughs) seriously. Um, For one of my favorite losses, though, I think I still got to think about, like, back to I-5, I was Maylock into um, Primal Terror's Animag. And that was my first game that actually went seven turns. Um, Still lost on scenario, but it was one of those that it was – it was very close back and forth. Um, again, previously we've talked about this one. It was like for our team. You know, the, we had two wins, two losses. It was down to me. That's <laughs> like right. Everyone sitting watching Everything around. was hanging in the balance. Right. And just, you know, not realizing that I could have done stuff differently to take down, you know, the plight bringer or something and, and could have done it. But it's almost my favorite one because of how those last few minutes really low on clock, just playing fast, trying to keep that scenario in mind, contesting whilst trying to score as best as I could. And it just, just coming down to the wire. Um, so it's exciting that way. Yeah. It's a bummer to lose, but still
0: it was really excitement was there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, No, I I get that. I think my, um, I'm, I'm really glad what you, what you said about the most embarrassing loss. I think, you know, making a mistake on the table, you know, forgetting the feet, for example, against Andrew, like those kinds of things are embarrassing, but I don't think they're as embarrassing as maybe the way that I respond um, as a human, mm-hmm. you know, person to person, player to player. And so I remember um, in round three of, uh, actually the next level gaming tournament that I went to in December, uh, the, their very first one, mm-hmm. and it was the you know last one of the year. and and i you know i, I talked about it in a previous podcast but um but i was playing a cricks player in round three and and i didn't i was not equipped for how fast his army was and it was all melee and in my face really quickly and anyway he uh um he proceeded to assassinate me and and at that time, the t o was kind of standing at our table and just watching over and and I had shield guards, and I had a uh, sack pawn, and I had all these things that were not working against a melee attack. Mm. And I just kind of in exasperation said, "Well, what am I doing here?" <laughs> like, you know, and <laughs> like little probably. Probably a little frustration, like, oh, I have tools that don't work in this scenario, you right. know, in this situation, and so, um, and so I, um, I, I don't know how that statement was received by the player I was playing against. That's one of those things, though, if you're playing
1: the cricks, is did you just not know the list? Right. Well, and yeah.
0: so, and they weren't, they were unpainted, mm. and so I was looking at a model that was not part of the unit. But Uh I didn't know it wasn't part of the unit, that sort of thing. So anyway, no, um, no, I think the – I'm going to do some serious editing here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Hopefully. Um, No, the – I think the embarrassing part was my statement that I made. Yeah. Not the – not how I played, not how, you know, anything like that. It was just not – I didn't want that to be – to show poor sportsmanship, you know. Yeah.
1: You're a little bit on tilt maybe or something, just like that that frustration kicks in and you kind of say something
0: and then you're like, oh, that's not, yeah. Well, and and, and I guess to my credit, I didn't swear or anything. I just said, what am I doing here? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And so, I mean, obviously I could have said much worse things. But my favorite loss came um, at the previous tournament. It was the the three commander tournament in December. And it was round three, and I was playing against – uh, Harry and he had a scar three list once again against Crix. and and so I was playing against him and I was playing um, uh, dr Arcadius and dr Arcadius has a really awesome assassination vector and but I couldn't like figure it out and so in between round two and three you know I got some coaching from some other players who are kind of telling me how it's supposed to work and I was like, oh, so this is this is how it's supposed to work, and so, um, and so, uh, and so I, I tried to make it work against Harry, and I was like, okay, do this, do this, and I was talking it out, and and he was listening, and he was, you know, talking with me through the whole process, and and um, and and eventually I I did my turn and kind of made the big hoorah. This is what I do, and. And then, uh, and then you know, later he would, you know, he would go on to win the game. But, but I appreciated the fact that that he let me wrestle with it, even while on the clock and in a tournament. Right. And then, and then, and then to give me feedback about it afterwards, I thought it was just super legit. That's my favorite loss. Like I nice. lost in good fashion there. But, yeah. um, um, but those are those are things that we need, you know. Um, and so today we're talking about learning from losing, and that was a you know a really good example. So. Um, so one of the things that we were talking about getting ready for this topic is sometimes the army is not right for you. you Indeed, know? Yes, exactly. Um, that's
1: definitely one of those things. And there's examples of this people, you know, going all over. And we've kind of talked before about how to choose a list because a lot of it can come down to game style. I was, you know, like I said, I started out in Signar and I was playing them and I was playing against a troll player. And then he's like, man, you play your like Signar, you know, like you're playing trolls. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a funny, kind of a funny comment. But I was, I was pushing them more into melee and to engage and to really, really bolster around when a lot of the dudes were kind of f- more fragile than, than really. And so it's kind of one of those really, it's like, huh, interesting. I've kind of had trolls and i thought about it and yeah, maybe it. It's yeah. going to suit my play Well, style has a
0: nickname, right? Yeah. It's, the, it's the shooty faction.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. And I wasn't using as much of combined arms or much of the ranged as I should have when I first started playing it. And maybe that's just, again, not knowing the game as
0: much or yeah. was just easier to to get there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, yeah. it's fair. I like, I like a more melee style army and, you know, I'll run all the melee jacks I want in K or, you know. Right. And when I started playing Bart Double Galleon, I uh, that was straight shooting, and I didn't um, I didn't have as much fun. And so, yeah, so maybe the the army type doesn't work, right? Yeah. You need to switch. We've actually had a few people in our meta in our area who um, have realized that and have decided to just sell off their entire army and buy into a new faction because they realize that. That whatever they're doing with their previous army just wasn't working yeah and they wanted to try something new and hopefully are finding success you know in those um in those new armies yeah and even
1: with some of those guys i noticed that they're they're not jumping to the the newest like strong meta <clears throat> faction or at least the the overall which i mean i think we can all agree is kind of like you know circle scorn. they're no no not kind scorn the just yeah. the circle oh whatever scorn's up there um and so they're not really necessarily jumping into those but maybe they're exploring other things that they're just like I said yeah. more interested in or or find fun with yeah. you know which again could be those those strong factions there's nothing wrong with that i mean i know another guy who is who's jumping in to circle it sounds like and you know for whatever reason it could be some of it sounds like just Again, the aesthetics of the models are maybe because mm-hmm. they're strong right now. Yeah. but
0: I know when I first picked up Age of Sigmar, you know, I just was playing the models out of the starter box. And I did not care for the Stormcast Eternals at all. And I thought I w- it was a very boring experience. Mm. And so I, I, I switched to a, to a different army that has more movement shenanigans and stuff. And something I enjoy more. And what's funny is the, is the Stormcast Eternals now have newer model types and new mm. units. And, and they look fun. Um, And they look good, but there's no way I'm going back, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, so sometimes the army doesn't work. And, you know, and so you might need to switch an army. Yeah. Sometimes it's not the army. Sometimes it's the list. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes you don't see all of the possible interactions, you know, between some of the models and maybe your warlock or your warcaster, um, you know, as as you're kind of playing around round with it you know you, you have any thoughts on that
1: yeah that's definitely one of those things um where some of these factions you also have giant op- options or other games too like you said is but with this is some lists and you, you put the army down there and then they're just not like you said feeling with what what you're jiving with maybe you know either they're perhaps some of them have almost too much complication to them Um, I know Circle's been talked about that early on was, you know, they had a lot of placement and it was a lot harder to learn and move into. Whereas, you know, Kador was typically known more as, you know, Axe to Face, Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. They're they're more of an easy faction to learn and maybe find better success early on with that because your placement's better. You can take more of a hit. Um, Some of the scorn Beasts, I noticed, too, are a similar way, like, you know, Armor 19 dudes that just, you know or want to get in your face, charge you, slam you, whatever. And some Titans, right? Yeah. Let's read up on those guys a little bit. It's like, geez. And so perhaps there's just something in there, um, or an army list that includes like Haley three has been talked about a lot where she's a very high, high learning curve, high learning curve. And so perhaps starting simpler is, is better to learn the overall arc so again the yeah. army feeding into that can really have a big big impact as well where it might be an optimized list that someone pulled you know or someone else made and you just copy it or you or you talk with friends but you have a piloting issue let's call it yeah
0: yeah, yeah. which you know sometimes practice makes perfect but yeah. or as one of my previous coaches once said perfect practice makes perfect there you go but what if um and this actually one of our friends ran into this situation over the weekend they they designed a list and on paper it looked real good right but when they put it on the table they didn't do exactly what they thought it was going to do and so you know so our friend Ron you know played Magnus 2 into Iona and, at a tournament and and the first two rounds just both both rounds I guess Iona oh what a weekend right but um but they, um, but something about the list didn't do everything that he thought it was going to do. And so what does he do? Immediately comes home, goes right back to the drawing board and redesigns the list to have different kind of tools to be able to be able to deal with that. and And I thought that was a, a very good example of learning from losing, you know, because when we make our lists and and in the war room, we're on conflict chamber, and we're looking at the, You know, we're looking at all the interactions and we're like, hey, this is going to be awesome when this happens. But then when this doesn't happen, our list isn't so awesome.
1: Right. And yeah, you know, Sam and the devil dogs with a freebooter. Ah, If I can only knock him down, it'll be awesome. But am I going to be able to get that knocked down? Or maybe it's not, you know, jiving with another thing in the faction, you know. And maybe that's kind of why I like trolls a little bit, too, is they have a lot of synergy to them. Um and I mean, I still miss some of the interactions there, like seeing, you know, oh, yeah, this one, this model really does affect this one. You know, I think, you know, scoring the, uh, the Guardians, the Ancestral Guardians, the Supreme Guardians, all those interactions that those guys are going on. And like I said, if you, if you start missing those, maybe there's something there. You just don't see this nice, nice click, you know, or. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. If, if Sam and the Devil Dogs don't work with their freebooter, yeah. then you put them on Shay. Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay, moving on. But yeah, but there and there's some you know, there's some gotchas that, that come in a list that you don't see, you know, coming. Um, but but a lot of times, you know, when we're making our list we're just kind of stuck in a vacuum. Yeah. And it's not until you actually put it on the table and then maybe put it on the table a few times, you know, that you begin to see what it's capable of and what its deficiencies are. And, and so I, I've talked about this before, and this is why I keep a journal. I love my journal. And now everyone who I play, they know that I keep a journal. And so yesterday I pulled out my little journal, and, and I was making notes, and Jesse was, uh, he goes, oh, there it is. You know, he, <laughs> he, he knew, you know. And so um, it's, it's one of the tools that I want to use to just help me become a better player, and and having that kind of feedback is, is really helpful and so i make special notes you know like forgot feet get token <laughs> is is on my game with andrew you know right that's but,
1: exactly one of those things yes. uh, but, but
0: the other thing too is is when we make our lists we we you know we make them in this vacuum like i mentioned before we don't account for the scenario we're playing in and we don't account for the terrain that's on the scenario So we're making this awesome list, and it only has, you know, one solo, and now we're playing Mirage, you know, and so you kind of have to pilot that list a little bit differently because you only have a few scoring elements to, you know, to play on those flags or something like that, you know.
1: Exactly. That's one of those things that I know a lot of talk about all the scenarios, and that's where off lists are always kind of nice, where you have two lists, but then i've ran into issues like I said Creighton in that kind of vacuumish area of like oh these two lists will look like they may work off each other okay but then they both have the same weakness to something but yeah. you know because i haven't really played it or i'm not really bounced off someone who has it's like oh until you're into it you're like oh whoops <laughs> yeah. that didn't work right yeah.
0: so the first thing is is maybe the army's not right uh second thing is uh just maybe the list isn't right or you need, you need to tweak the list the the third thing that we can learn from our losing, is is actually focusing on the rules, like learning our rules better. You know there are situations where, like even just the simple base rules, you know knowing how to do a power attacks and all the different kinds that you can do, and and that 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 actually changes some of the options for you. Like if you're if you know how to throw and you're confident with throwing and you have a war beast with two open fists, hey that introduces a whole new vector, you know, on on the board. Um, But then you can also learn some, you can also prevent some of the gotchas maybe if you know how rules interact and the timing of things. So like the disabled, boxed, Mm -hmm. destroyed when a model dies, you know, and, and knowing when and where souls go and, you know, corpse tokens and things like that. Those kinds of things are kind of basic because most armies are interacting with those things on some level and so learning those rules becoming more comfortable with them because if you're always having to look at them why while you're in the middle of a game yeah you're never going to finish the game you know you're going to always clock yourself
1: yeah that's one thing that slowed us down actually on our last one is because he had got my Krellstone, the guy that was holding the, the stone himself and we had to look okay he got boxed all right what happens i get to roll my tough but I also have a self sack and a self sack's off of disabled. So okay, I guess do I have I have to roll my tough first, in order to see if I go to disabled or if I'm just boxed or if you know, and then oh okay did box so then I have to go to disabled now and then you know so it's like you're you're working through all these right interactions and it just it 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 took time right,
0: Come on. which which I think leads us to like the biggest uh, the biggest learning from losing opportunity. Is actually repetition. It's getting the reps in. It's playing your list. It's deploying them in all kinds of situations, going into all kinds of armies, and and with practice, you become more comfortable and second hand with you know knowing your tools. You know, memorizing how, how fast someone is, okay. memorizing how strong they are, and how hard they hit, and what their armor is. These kinds of things help make you become a better player. Oh, I mean, far. that's just true.
1: Exactly. Um, again, the biggest thing in some of that is just knowing your own list a little bit, not having to look at your cards, you know, for thinking about time-wise is, you know, checking out your own cards or trying to ask. I mean, granted, with all the armies out there and all the models, it'd be really hard. Some people have done it because they've been playing a lot longer, know a lot of stats yeah. of, of other of other models. And some guys have really good memories. Yes, I'm not quite there. So maybe I'll look at it and go, okay, you're probably a big armored guy or, you know, like, get the generalities. But really knowing your own so you don't forget, like, oh, wait, you know, I was actually in this guy's aura or, oh, wait, I did have a... I could do a re-roll here or, you know, just different things they can do. Yeah. Yeah, that's... All that stuff's that's very
0: exciting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so... So, one, you know, maybe... Select an army that fits your style. Two uh, work with the list, play with the list, you know, and change your list as as, as needed. Three, learn your rules. (laughs) (laughs) You know. But then the fourth thing is is and this is where um, and as a newer player, this these kinds of things are really helpful, and that is some kind of system or some kind of external help that you can use. Previously, you know, I mentioned in my diary. That's something that I use. Um, also, actually having tokens, you know, that that do your thing. Um, I shared with you earlier that there was a player at I five that had a, a cheat sheet written out. It was a nine by twelve or nine by eleven, eight and a half and by eleven, whatever a standard sheet is. You know, inside a protective sleeve, and it was just handwritten. He had some, he drew some boxes, and there were some names and numbers and and symbols and. And he just kept it on the bottom right-hand part of the table, and he was able to refer to it throughout the game, and it helped him, you know, to keep accountable. And I loved it so much I took a picture of it as as maybe as something that I might want to do, you know, in the future, especially when I'm trying to learn a new army or learn a new warlock or something like that.
1: Yeah, it was pretty neat. Like I said, it was just a graph paper with the drawn lines in there and one of those protective sleeves, and he literally had his tokens rewritten or, you know, pre-written and on the slot, you know, of, no. of who they went on yeah. and I thought that was actually it's not a bad idea because there's been times where I'm looking across my board like
0: okay I know I have the token, but where is it in this pile of tokens, right? I sometimes wonder because some people are very good about keeping themselves organized and some people aren't and there's table There's tokens just kind of thrown all around the table. and we are like, hey, wait a minute. Where yeah. does that go? <laughs> Do you really have that extra focus? I don't know but um No um, uh i really like that idea too and you know those third party tokens like Mm -hmm. muslin minis makes and broken eggs makes where they have the name of the spells in the acrylic like already there those kind of tools are really nice you know one it makes your army look kind of cool but but two they're actually really good helpful tools and so you only pull out the ones that you know you're going to be casting they're there on the table you see them as a visual reminder hey i can cast this spell you know it's an option for me i don't have to but it's an option for me and same idea with my fee token right having that my fee token there but um something else i noticed too that some players do and actually jesse did this yesterday is he has um the printouts of all of those cards and he's and he they're just right there that deck right there and there and he can and he can refer to them throughout the game um and and he did refer to them throughout the game Um, but when he kept damage he used the app. And so and I thought that was very clever and so so that way he had two modes of keeping track of things and two ways of looking up information and um and I think that was a a really good external system that you know that can help you as you're as you're learning your army as you're getting better. So, what kind of system do you have? Any system that you do currently, or that you that really helps you?
1: I mean, a little bit. Like for the tokens, I learned pretty quickly that um, look over my lists and then pre-write the tokens or grab them. I mean, I have some for the acrylic, but they're they're the older, you know, not the newer CIDs or some of the Mark Threes, you know. So I'm mm-hmm. missing some, so I have to handwrite those ones. But just writing them out beforehand on the on the token sets. I'm sure a lot of people have laying around, right, um, that Privature Press has. It's just the blank ones right on there. And pre-writing those and setting them out has kind of, again, that helpful reminder of like, oh, yeah, they have this spell, or instead of taking the time to open up, write it off real quick, and then, then set it down. So that's one of the things I've done. Um, and then now with the uh, the Warped Mind Games sticks that I got, Again, I got to play my first game with them, and they're they were handy. It, I think it slowed me down a little bit of trying to reach for them because I'm not as used to them. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things I could feel if get used to using the sticks, it'll be a little bit quicker and a little bit more precise. Yeah. And so keeping those organized on the side, I got to figure out how to. You know, keep some of that stuff, but even the blast templates, right? They're nice. Um, Even blast templates um, and and the rings or AOE's, I I get those out. Like, okay, I'm gonna need maybe a max of say you know one four inch AOE or three or ten three Mm -hmm. inch AOE's. Get those out ahead of time and set them on the side as well. It's a nice reminder
0: that tells you how
1: many times you can use that ability or how many shots you have that time or something. Right
0: there, just grab them, put them out, done. Right. I do that when I when I run Sarkova. You know, I've got my three rings and call it good, right. One of the things I appreciate are the 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 blast um, the blast measuring ones that are kind of l-shaped mm-hmm. and they and they're based on uh, you know the different sizes to represent which kind of base that they're being you know next to and and it you get a more precise um, you know measurement, if you will. Yeah. and and I appreciate that. So I was able to catch someone's caster. With using one of those, I could, I could prove no. He's in the blast zone. Yeah, not the uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: That's centered, I think, right about there. Yeah. And it and it, yeah. and
0: it. So, yeah, yeah. There's here's the thing. The game is fun. Mm-hmm. You know, yesterday Ozzy and I were, we, we you know we drove to the um, the store to play our masters events. He had a masters game yesterday. He's in a different pod, and so he had I scheduled one for him and scheduled one for me at the same time. And it was really economical. It was really smart. Anyway, um, and we were just driving to and from, and both of us were talking about how much fun we have playing in the game of War Machine, and and just you know the he spent all day Saturday making models, and you know and you know and when we get the priming weather, we'll we'll, we'll prime and we'll start painting some more. But but um, but we have so much fun just talking about it and playing it and putting it on the table that you know it's really. It's it's become a really great you know hobby for for me for me and my son so it's good but um, but you know he and I were both in kind of the same boat right we're we're mm-hmm. I- I- relatively new players in our meta you know him obviously more so than me I think he understands rules a little better than I do because he spends every waking hour on on War Machine University right. <laughs> if he's not doing homework he's on War Machine University but. Um, But we, uh, you know, um, but so both of us, you know, we're learning from things. And so yesterday he lost his game, I lost my game, so we're driving home and we're talking about how we lost our game and and then asking each other what we could do differently, you know, if we were to play the exact same game again, you know, how would we play differently? But then also in going forward, because no two games are the same. Yeah. How would you, you know, what's the takeaway from this game that, that you can apply to a future game? And I think that's the mentality you want to have, right? Is yeah, we
1: all got to learn and
0: I mean, again,
1: maybe we're going to lose a little bit more. So, it's I'm I'm almost 50-50. I need like one more one more win I think I'll I'll balance out uh, you know, or or be on the actually you not know, 17 games. So, I need two wins to be positive side of it, right?
0: You know. Yeah. Um but well, maybe you'll get that against me. Right, there you go. I'm currently in a nine game losing streak. Yeah, that's nine games. That's a little so, rough. That's hard. <laughs> a lot of learning. <laughs> a lot of learning. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, be f-
1: I'll be a friend and try to make that ten. But actually, no. I think you play uh, someone before we'll get our game in. So okay, maybe I'll be hopefully the beginning of a new streak. We'll see. <laughs> oh boy. <No. laughs> but even um, even some experienced players. Uh, I mean, I was looking at the ATC results, for example, where and, and, okay team team a little bit different but even some names that are recognizable had lost some games like yeah you know it it does happen like you know good players and they lose a game or two or three and sure you know it's your
0: ability to bounce back i think yeah so um well good i i i hope this discussion was helpful to folks i hope i hope there was something that we said resonated with you and, and your experience playing you know, War Machine, or even another miniatures game. And I hope that, uh, I hope that whatever we said uh, sparked an interest for you to maybe try something new or, or maybe try something different in, in whatever game you're, you're playing next. We have a, a couple events that we'd like to talk about uh, that are coming up. One of them is a, uh, the Rune board monthly steamroller. It happens to fall this Sunday on February 3rd. And so if you are not a football fan and you don't have a dog in the fight, um, I want to invite you to come out and and, and participate in that. We also have the three-man tournament, which is coming up the following weekend on February 9th. Uh, Lists have already been submitted for that event, and so I think the event's closed. Um, But uh, some of those lists are very interesting, especially when you compare them with the ATC team list. So the, the most represented faction in the Bend event is Kador, shocking so the pacific northwest is um we are either starting new trends or something else yeah <laughs> so uh and then we have a really big event coming up which we're really excited about dan you want to yeah. speak to that one
1: yeah the pdx open um <laughs> is coming up on march 2nd we have a link to our facebook page on that one to register uh, it's going to be a lot of War Machine into one day, but this is a, oh, I'm going to get this wrong because it was previously known as War Machine Weekend, but I hear the name got changed. I think it's called Warfare Weekend. Yeah, Warfare Weekend now. I think it's supposed to try to include other games yeah. in in the mix. There you go. So... But that is coming up. Um, it's a wild card qualifier, up into 64 participants. I'm sure we aren't filled yet. Um, that's going to be in downtown Portland. All the details are out there. You just Google, or you know, check out Facebook for that as well. And again, on our Facebook page, we have a
0: link to that. Yeah, and we have uh, the King of Coins event is coming up, and uh, we've been working real hard with some of our creators to get the material we need for that event, and Uh, the guy who is making our coins uh, was not able to get them finished but he did write a very nice poem uh, sort of a mea culpa um, which I'd like to just read to you um, right now and uh, and uh, and then hopefully we'll get those soon so this is what he says this weekend he says stressed I am and stressed I be your project so bad I fled the county Hiding I am and hiding I be, to Oakland I ran, don't you see? Me and my wife, a-chilling we go, in a hotel we relax and laying low. Be back soon, be back soon, a laser-cutting I will do Tuesday noon. A couple more days, you must wait, lame-o Mike is just a bit late. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> so there, there's Mike, he's saying sorry to, uh, to us and to you and to everyone who's listening We'll get uh, we'll get, those, get the material ready for our King of Coins event. I think what we'll do is, the next couple of weeks I'm traveling for work, I think we'll, we'll issue a special episode speaking directly to the King of Coins event where we'll explain what the rules are and then and we'll have dates solidified and things like that. And of course, all things can be found at the COG Collective uh, forum site for the events. You can sign up there and things like that, except for the PDX Open. Yeah, you want to register at PDX Open at the event B page, and we have a link for that on our Facebook page. Yes. Yep. Dan, our listeners have been waiting mm-hmm. with uh, uh, what's what's the phrase? Uh, uh, Bated breath. Bated breath. Something like that. anticipation. Yeah they they want to know what is this code for us that we can enter into Hidden Forest Gaming website to get a discount on on terrain and whatnot and uh and uh, so will you please share with our with our listening audience <laughs>
1: all right well real quick i will just say like uh, yeah, get hiddenforestgaming.com um if you haven't checked them out they have some good mats materials terrain um believe we've used some of their mats on our other game that we have in
0: I think that's the train I currently use. So if you've seen any of our
1: videos from my house, then that's what they are. Yeah. And so I mean they have War Machine Hordes, Guild Ball, X-Wing Armada, malifaux Rune Wars. So it's some great stuff. Um you definitely check them out. And they have been gracious enough to grant our first fifty, that's only been used fifty times right now, uh is ten percent off. So that is gonna be Spellstorm ten. No spaces, just like our name in there, Spellstorm ten. So go ahead and use that. Flood them. Try to get the first fifty. That sounds great. All right, we're gonna close up with uh, with our hobby desk, Dan. What are you working on? Um, so first off, I finished my my guy there, my bomber, um, except for basing. But hey, he's painted. He's looking good. I think. I think so. Yeah, I I think some of my you know some of my better work for shading, highlighting of the skin. I really like it. Um,
0: and then I'm gonna be working on one of my Earthborns. Nice. Okay. Well, I am um, pleased to announce that I have built two Supreme Guardians, and they are glorious looking. I have them currently standing post on my bookshelf, and uh, they're looking down at all of us because they are so tall. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to uh, to a future list, and then uh, and then I have a few other things that I've I've actually built quite a lot in the last couple of weeks. Um, no painting, but lots of building, so I can finally start fielding. Um, more lists. So, anyway, um, thank you for listening today and uh, thanks for being part of the Spellstorm Miniatures community. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and our own uh, website, spellstormminiatures.com. And uh, we'd love for you to leave a review, let us know how we're doing. We love positive reviews, uh, of course, um, but also constructive feedback is good, I guess. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which we have got some, which I we remember. have gotten, yes. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, we want to invite you just to tell your friends and anyone who, um, you know, wants to listen to, um, you know, two guys talk about their hobby, progress and gaming. Um, all right. On that, have a great one. And thanks for listening to Spells, Store, Miniatures, where we just want to inspire you to play more games. <laughs>